The Junk Drawer Podcast. I was working in the lab, but they draw a light. Liar. He's a liar. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. I got a fetch bar. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! Children of the night. What music they make. You right. Good evening, children of the night, and welcome to the Junk Drawer Podcast. <laughs> yes, Master. The monster's ready. Oh, yes. And now, boys and ghouls, inside our junk drawer is... The Halloween Spooktacular! I am your host, Wolfgang von Wolfenstein. Or is it Stein? And I'm here with my co-host, Neil Edwards. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab! You know, that was Paul Lynn. That was Paul Lynn doing it. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. In any case, be afraid. Be very, very afraid. This is our Halloween spooktacular, and I'm a, I'm so scared. I'm scared already. Get out! Sorry, we can't stay. We gotta leave. Just getting started. Yeah, the spooks are here, and we're just gonna walk out. I believe you have a little history of the holiday that you want to share with our audience. I do indeed. Halloween was originally celebrated as the night before All Saints Day, which is November 1st. It's called All Saints Eve or All Hallows Eve. It was celebrated by the Celts and Gaelic folk religions, mostly pagan traditions, until it was co-opted by uh, Christianity. Uh, Today, there are those who still celebrate Samhain, Samhain as it's known here, Um, Up until the 1900s, poor Christians throughout Europe would beg door-to-door on the day. And in America, that tradition was taken up by children who dressed up in costumes. Uh, The first newspaper advertisements show up around 1935. uh, And of course, after the war, we had a baby boom. It became a huge tradition with parades at school and parties for children. I used to love the parades at schools. You did? Yes, that was a... That was a big part? Big part. Very exciting. Uh, Apple bobbing, pumpkin carving, costume contests... And candy, candy, and more candy. How much candy? More candy. That's much a lot. more candy. That's a lot of candy. In the 1960s, costumes could be store-bought from your local Woolworth and Woolco stores. Then, of course, uh, the adults got involved and added alcohol to the holiday. That enhanced the holidays. <laughs> yes. There is a Greenwich Village parade and parties where women dress up as French maids. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And men dress up as Batman. I'm Batman. Today we have haunted houses, decorations, costumes, masks, and a multi-billion, that is billion, not million, multi-billion dollar industry all around Halloween. It is right behind Christmas as the second biggest moneymaker. Over $1.5 billion is spent on costumes each year, more than $2.5 billion on other Halloween paraphernalia. On any given year, we spend about $4 billion on Halloween. That's a little bit of cash. That's a little bit of cash. That's a lot of cash. And... When you think about it, there's only like, you know, seven, eight weeks between Halloween and Christmas. You could go broke. You were spending an awful lot of money very quickly. It runs 
part of the economy, believe it or not, of the United States, Halloween and Christmas. In a short window of time. Very short window of time. By the way, there are fewer parades in school than there used to be. But Neil, Neil, in grade school, um, we just, the weeks before, we were so excited, you know, because we plan our costumes. Mm -hmm. And then you go home for lunch at noon. Right. And you get all dressed up. And then your parents would come watch and Super 8 cameras and still cameras. And right. then you'd have a contest. And you go back to the classroom, you'd have a party. And you have cupcakes. And sometimes they'd show films and it's just great. Well, it was the teacher, magical. Well, again, the teachers loved it because they got to goof off for the rest of the afternoon. But uh, and they dress up too. And they would dress up too. That's that's absolutely correct. Now today, those type of parties are actually happening at night, sponsored by the PTA. You get dressed. You go home. You get dressed. You go trick or treating, and then you all end up at the gym at the local elementary school at night. So that's the trend. Uh, one last thing about the history: we talk about Hallmark holiday. Uh, this one really is a Woolworths holiday. Oh, definitely. Uh, it really was. It, you could buy all of your stuff at Woolworths. Oh, they had the, the, the displays, all the box costumes. Yeah. and yeah. They sold the costumes. They sold the candy. They sold everything. There. The records, the scary records with the, the scary sound records. effects. Back in the late 60s, mm -hmm. early 70s, almost every house you went to, it was a full-sized candy bar. And now? Little guys. Yep. Yep. Little, mini, barely there chocolate bar. Right. What happened? I think it's just easier to give out candy in small batches Probably. like that. Um, now, yeah. I give out the fun size, but I have a mixed bowl, by the way, and I let the kids grab like a handful. I, uh, in adult years, I was the one who shut off the lights, pulled the shades down, uh -huh. and didn't answer the door. Really? Or the phone. If the kids called, they want to call and order in right. for candy. No. <laughs> Sorry. You're out of luck on that one, kid. <laughs> out of luck. Well, I'll make sure we don't go to your place uh, for, for Halloween. Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. Scrooge. You eat the candy yourself. You're sitting there on the couch with a bowl of candy watching a horror movie. Were you there? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it sounds like that's what you were doing. Pretty probably. much. You're right yeah. on the money. When you were young uh, and you would get a yeah. costume, were you... Uh, more of the store-bought, like the box costume from Collegeville, or another big one was Ben Cooper. Right. Um, you know, Woolworths, what we were talking about, that huge, right. they would sell those things. Or did mom push the homemade, let's save some money, uh, you're going to be a, like a hobo? I was a hobo, I think, 17 years running, <laughs> something like that. I mean, you <laughs> well, know. You change it up with a yeah. di different hat or yeah, a, another a different, different thing, you know, depending on what happened. What looked torn good. pair of pants. Remember that you put the makeup on to look like a beard? Uh, you put yes. that, the blackish. Uh, yeah, you took a cork, you burnt it, and you rubbed it on your face to make it look as though you were a bum. That was the easier way. Let's yeah. go to store-bought Sure. Uh, I was all about store-bought. But the thing that always bothered me, when, when you get the costume, they would have the face on the costume, mm -hmm. but you're wearing the mask of the face. Yeah. I wanted the costume to look like the character, like the clothing right. or whatever style the character was supposed to be. Uh, yeah. I'd like to tell you a little story. Uh, please do. As I often do. Uh, this was probably my last year of wearing a boxed costume. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going through my Evil Knievel phase. And that year, Ben Cooper had released an Evil Knievel costume, you know, because that was the big deal. Oh, yeah. And it didn't have his face on it, which was great. It was the actual the V with the stars, okay. the red, white, and blue. So I got that. I got the biggest size there was, and I struggled to get into that. <laughs> and I went out, got to the first house, bent over to ring the bell. 
Split up the middle. That was the end of box costumes for Halloween. Yeah. But what about the um, the masks with the rubber band? Um, oh yeah, that uh, and then would it would cut into your face and it, it could really really. First of all, you would drool all over yourself. Right, you, you'd just lose control of that. Right, and then uh, you know the sharp parts would 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 yeah. inevitably kind of cut into your face and you couldn't see a damn thing. No, no, you you'd be to... tripping over curbs right. and other kids and right. bushes. Let's talk about, since we're in the trick-or-treating thing, sure. paper, plastic, or pillowcase, or or the the blow mold, uh, like uh, pumpkin head with the know, handle type thing. I grew wiser as I got older. I started out with a little pumpkin thing. Doesn't it, hold a lot of candy. Didn't hold a lot it? of candy. No. Because you'd have to dump it off and then yeah, go back out. Yeah. And that, that uh, led to your parents going through all your candy. Yeah. But were they going through your candy for your safety? Or because they uh, wanted it themselves. Because they wanted themselves. I have no idea. I don't think so. I think they actually, my parents did go through my candy. Now, that was another ritual. You take all your candy, you dump it on the table, and your parents would go through it saying, this one's good, this one you can keep, this one you've got to throw out. And so, favorite candy, though. Uh, actually, I am a big Tootsie Roll nut. I, I love Tootsie Rolls. I really do. The Tootsie Rolls and the Tootsie Roll Pops. Yes, Tootsie Roll Pops, a fan. Tootsie yep. Rolls, not so much. Um, love them. Love them. I like the, uh, remember the... Was it thousand dollar bars? Oh, okay. The, with the crispies, hundred thousand yes. dollar bars with the uh, the caramel, chocolate, Correct. and rice krispie kind don't of Don't see them very often no. anymore. I don't even know if they make them. To be I don't honest, know. It's but the Nestle's Crunch is very close to that. Yes, that was a favorite. I, I was never a big Hershey's guy. I, I I don't like their chocolate. Oh, except for Reese's. Okay, except for Reese's. Okay. Um, it I just never care for the taste. Nestle's chocolate. I was I was more of a fan. I love but the crunch. Anything chocolate crunch was of great. The crunch is great. And uh, I'm a Mounds guy as well. I like Mounds. Yes, but not Almond Joy. Mounds uh, got nuts. Mounds got nuts. No, I, I just screwed up. <laughs> I just screwed up the commercial. No, no, sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. you don't. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. don't. There we go. Because sometimes you feel, you feel like, like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes you, don't. you don't. There we go. Mischief Night. Scary, scary. It's the night before Halloween. Now, we call it Mischief Night here. Devil's Night in Detroit? I, I know okay. certain regions uh, call it something Yeah, they something call it different, different stuff. Cabbage Night is another one somewhere. Were you a big Mischief Nighter at all? I... Uh, the minor stuff, you know, the, the standard eggs. Okay. And toilet paper. Okay. And soap. You know, um, based on your bravado. You know, I was a pretty good kid. Okay. But, you know, you're with your friends, and you get the peer pressure and the dare. You know, you soap up car windows. I wasn't bold enough to go right up to the front door. You throw some uh, toilet paper in okay. the trees, you know. Not, not Nothing like the paper bag full of dog poop lit on fire. Nothing nothing that extreme. No, I, I wasn't that brave. Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't, wasn't that brave either. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners who may not know that gag, uh, you fill a, uh, a paper bag up with dog poo. And you uh, light it on fire at the front door, and the person comes to the door, and most likely they will stamp out the flame and get dog poo all over their foot, shoe, yeah. what what big, have you. Big Hopefully not barefoot. Yeah. And then you, if you were really brave, you would do it at the back door. So they would, if they didn't realize there was dog poo on their shoe, they would trample through the house with the dog poo on their foot, 
And uh, they do it in the back door. Double whammy. Double poo. Ah, the double poo. The old, the old double, <laughs> double poo, poo trick. <laughs> ah, damn it! I got double pooed again, Margaret. <laughs> Every year. Every year they double I poo fall, me. I fall for that damn. <laughs> fall for thing. that damn double poo trick. <laughs> Let's get a little into the monster songs. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. Huge hit, right? Huge, huge hit. 62 uh, was uh, was a big hit. Um, now, here's life imitating art imitating life. Boris Karloff did a Dinah Shore show. My darling. Uh, Bobby Pickett at parties used to do Boris Karloff singing Little Darling. You're right, you're right, in the, in that voice. In that voice, and he got it from the, the Dinah Shore show. And then, of course, they figured, well, let's write their, let's write our own song and we'll record it. Uh, so they recorded it with the, the L.A. musicians, uh, who were then known as the Crypt Kickers. On the Crypt album. Kicker 5. The Crypt Kicker 5 uh, became a huge hit. And then in 67, Boris Karloff recorded it for fun. He liked it so much that he actually recorded it. There is an audio recording the video is gone. We, if you're out there and you you have it, please let us know. The video is gone to antiquity. It's been just wow. lost. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Did you know that uh, moving along to other monster hits, yeah. Lurch had a hit. Yes. Under the character. Yes, he did. What is the song? The now? Lurch. Or the Lurch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the original. Yeah. But he was yeah, in character. In character. And I think he didn't even sing. I think it was just brief moments. <laughs> Where he just went. A great voice. But that was too. a that was a big hit. Ted, Ted Cassidy. Ted Cassidy. Great yep. voice. Another novelty hit. Uh, Halloween or not, it's it's a monster song. Mm-hmm. Uh, purple people eater. Was a one-eyed, one-horn flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horn flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one. Flying purple people eater sure looks strange to me. Yeah, the people per <laughs> say that twenty times. People, fast. people, 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 people grape aper. <laughs> I was just grape ape. <laughs> grape ape. We'll get that one in every every time too. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge hit as well. Uh, witch doctor. Dave oh, Seville. ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah. Dave Seville. Ting tang, walla walla, yeah. bing bang. Yeah. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that. The only other one I could think of that was pretty big was The Blob. The Blob. That was a big novelty mm-hmm. hit. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door, and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. And of course, we've got, uh, you know, American Werewolf in London, where they had that great soundtrack of Bad Moon Rising. Uh, all these songs came out uh, that were supporting the the movie yeah every song in that was uh related to uh it had the word moon in it moon i believe in it, right yeah what a what a great movie uh i i can't believe i didn't even bring that up that's one of my favorite horror movies mm-hmm. but it's not just a horror movie it it straddles a very very fine thin line of horror and comedy it does which is almost impossible to do uh, it does Shaun of the dead is another one just like oh. that uh where it straddles that line i'm um, glad you're bringing these up because yeah. you know i i completely forgotten them Make me live. This world can give 
and maybe we could touch on we might as well is is michael jackson's thriller yes you know that had uh vincent price right doing narration correct and it had uh it was the first mini movie video Mm. Um, who was that? Was that Landis? I think Landis. It was directed Landis us. as well. Yeah. And uh, it was that mini movie, and it had never done before. And they had the whole song and the dance and the right. narration. It was pretty cool. Right. I think the Vincent Price estate is still waiting to get paid on that. By the way, a yeah. lot of people do not know that Vincent Price was a gourmet chef. He had cookbooks, yeah. and that was a, a big thing to him. Was yeah, cooking, really cooking was. brains and body parts. And... <laughs> no, no, no. He wasn't cooking brains. And no, body he was parts. a legitimate chef that had some respect, from what I understand. Vincent Price, along with Edward G. Robinson, was one of the premier collectors of art as well. Uh, at one point, they owned something like ninety percent of the impressionist art. In I the did world. not know that. Yeah. That's a nice investment when you're acting. Yeah, well, sure you know, was, nice and, it, and, it, and it paid off. Uh, yeah, uh, that's why he could. That's why he didn't have to take any money for, <laughs> for Michael Jackson. He he had plenty of yeah, money on his see own. See that? So everything worked out. <laughs> um, talk about uh, some of your favorite movies. Uh, movies that I like are, are tend to be the classic horror movies. I love the classics, the Universal classics. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein is makes my list all the time. I love the Bride more of Frankenstein. More so than the original Frankenstein. Uh, more so than the original. Oh, what else? Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, what's another one that I, I really love? Of course, the Romero Living Dead series. Um, I love Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorites. I love zombies. When he went color. When he went zo- color There was a lot of time between Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and Black and White. Right. And Dawn of the Dead. Right. I don't even want to talk about Day of the Dead. No, that no. was that was horrible. Nah, not as good. But uh, yeah, Night of the Living Dead. Of course, we saw that at the Dollar Theater. Barbara, they're coming to they're get coming you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great social commentary, and I think that's really it. I love social consumerism. Commentary. Consumerism. We we are we are all zombies. There was one film, and it's one of my favorites. It's a film called Targets, and it's by Peter Bogdanovich. It is a film that follows two paths, and one of them is Karloff as an aging film star, and the other is a sniper who's who's shooting people. And it kind of shows how things today are more horrific than films ever were. And so that's why I like social commentary. I was just going to say, it sounds like it's going to be a social commentary. Because now we've moved away from those monsters and such that used to scare us into the end. It kind of went into the age of of Vietnam and and real-life horror. The real horror, yeah. Showing up on your television every night. Sure, sure. Real people have become scarier than the monsters. Uh, those are my favorite. The ones that have a little bit of social commentary to them as well. Now, you go opposite me. You like the newer ones. I am more of a contemporary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to say my the only film that ever terrified me was the original John Carpenter's Halloween, the very first one. Okay. That was terrifying, and I, I guess that was one of the first slasher movies. I, I'm not a fan of, of gore, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends how it's done. I would rather be afraid by like a slow burn. Okay. Or you get the the jump scares. Okay. You know, or a lot of movies they do the 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 false scares and they set you up and pacify you and then all of a sudden they throw the something else comes the out. real scare at right. you. Right. Yeah. I don't like the gore for gore's sake. Mm-hmm. Like how many people can get killed? Um, the first uh, uh, nightmare on I almost said nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> nightmare on Elm Street. That that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, that was clever and introduced Freddy Krueger, of course. Right. But beyond that, I, I like the slow burn, like uh, the others with Nicole Kidman. It's a ghost story. Right. 
uh, kind of gothic. I like the the suspense. Okay, you know, that 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 kind of thing. It's so yeah. I'm not big on the suspense part of it. I'm not, and I and I like the body count myself. I'm, I'm sitting there going, stack them up. Ah, here we go. <laughs> and especially the two kids. You know, the two kids are making out and making love. And oh, that's when you get killed. Oh, forget it. You're dead. Any any you're kid. Dead. If you're having sex, oh, yeah. you're dead. If you're, you're doing drugs. You know, I guess it's a moral like the, right. the the killer is a moral compass. I actually root for Freddie and those guys to to kill Jason. Them all. Oh yeah, Michael Myers. Yeah, get him. He's and... hiding in the closet, Jason. <laughs> He's over there. You're trying to help him out. <laughs> trying to help him out. You know, come on. Like it's guys, a football game. Uh, go get him. Go get him, Jason. <laughs> Chop him up. The last thing I like to touch on, as far as films are concerned, sure. is one of my all time favorites, um, because I love holidays, and not only does it encompass Halloween, it encompasses Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, I just, that's a big favorite of mine. A uh, big favorite of mine, too. And it's as close as you get to a perfect film. I, I, there isn't, usually great, I'll look great at Great music. Great music in it as well, and very well done. Um, just the fact that... Uh, Danny Elfman. Yeah, a great combination, of course, Danny Elfman on, on the music. You know what band he's from? Uh, right? Oingo Boingo? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give me a minute on that one. <laughs> Oingo Boingo. Yeah, that was his first big band, I guess. Yeah, but uh, the music is just terrific. Well, it was it was like the uh, the classic Christmas uh, specials, like Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And uh, Santa Claus coming to town, and all those. In fact, uh, Tim Burton uh, was inspired by Mad Monster Party mm. uh, to make Nightmare Before Christmas. In fact, I even had a chance to speak with him at one point, and uh, yeah, he said that was the inspiration. He loved Mad Monster Party as a kid, and he incorporated it in into his film because he he loved that movie. Well, let's let's hold there for a minute because I really like Mad Monster Party. It had each of the monsters in it. It had uh, Boris Karloff as the mad scientist. It had a wolfman um in it. It had uh, the invisible man, the Frankenstein monster. Frankenstein was a creature. Um it and had it had that band, the uh, uh little tibia and the phibias, Ooh, I think. Yeah, I, Is that right? Yeah, I might you might be right on that one. And I'm they not sure. uh they it was great. They were skeletons with beetle haircuts, though they were red. Yeah. And on the bass drum they actually had a beetle. Actually had a beetle, right. And uh they played It's the Mummy, I think. It's the Mummy. It's the Mummy. Actually, a great song. Yeah, it was actually yeah, a great yeah. song. And, and uh, the other song, of course, is my favorite with Gail Garnett. There never was a love like mine for you. Never was a love like mine. He's singing this song to Felix Flanken. Well, I know this sounds creepy, but what a hot puppet. What a hot puppet. She played, oh, not Francesca. only did she sing, she played Francesca. Oh, yes, a red-headed, as, hot little as, puppet. As a little boy, you know, you, <laughs> there were some things that gave you stirrings, whether it was right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Francesca. Yeah. Uh, I knew at that point. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life. I want was, a puppet. Was, I want a puppet <laughs> just like that one. <laughs> Life-size. <laughs> Life-size puppet there. Um, but, yeah, it was like you said, Phyllis Diller was a character Yes, in there. of course. Phyllis Diller keeps popping up in our lives here. Every, every, <laughs> Cartoons. We're, we're going to mention Phyllis Diller in every show we do. If we can. If yeah, we can. If we get away with it. Karloff, that was one of the last things he did, I think. Yeah. At least uh, in voices. Right. And uh, it's funny because from what I understand, um, they wanted him for the part, um, but he was in not great health. 
So what they did, they flew him out there and recorded him, and he spoke the verses. Okay. And they added they added the music later, but he didn't sing them. They actually went to his house and, and recorded, recorded him speaking the lyrics out. Wow. Um, but the theme, the theme was uh, done by Ethel Ennis. And uh, I remember they, Goldfinger or James Bond was very big at the time. Right. So if you listen to it, it has that, that Bond sound. That brings out the monster Hammer and Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. I want to just well, give them a quick. Hammer quick was the British version or the competition to Universal, right? They were in well, fifties, sixties was was Hammer. Christopher Lee, of course, played Dracula and all the, the classic oh, yeah. monsters as well. In the Peter reboots. Cushing and Peter Cushing always played the good guy, the the professor or the Van uh, Van Hammerstein, <laughs> Van Halen, Van no, no, not Van Halen. What was the guy who went after the vampires? Van Helsing. There you go. Well, <laughs> Van Helsing. <laughs> Van Halen, <laughs> Van Halen chasing, jump! You know, got to jump when you see the monster. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so yeah, we have to mention of, of Hammer. And then of course, yeah, and then Peter Cushing, of course, became Geek Alert, Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. Yes, and yeah. that was, I think, his final bow, or, or close to it. Close to it. He was. Yeah. He was. Out he looked there pretty half dead in in there with the sunken cheeks. And, and Christopher Lee is in it as uh, Count. He had a Dooku. resurgence. Mm, yes. Yeah. Count Dooku and the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Lee and Boris Karloff were next door neighbors in England. How yeah. would you like to trick or treat in that neighborhood? You knock on the door, one one door is Christopher Lee, the next one is Boris Karloff. Well, you may not get candy, but you get some cool autographs. You sure do <laughs> at that point. And uh, Peter Lorre, we, we mentioned him briefly. Uh, he wasn't really a monster guy, though, except for Mad Monster Party. That, yeah. And well, it, that wasn't an official Peter Lorre either. Yeah, he was mostly crime movies and, and uh, yeah, things of that nature. Uh, he was in a Hitchcock movie here and there. I was going to so. say Gone with the Wind. but uh, <laughs> No, Gone with the no, Wind. No, I know. He would, uh, <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> he goes strolling through the crowd like Peter Lorre. Rosemary's Baby, Saturday night at 11. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Sponsored by McDonald's. Nobody can do it like McDonald's can. Uh, Television is next, I'm sure. Um, Oh, Halloween show wouldn't be a Halloween show without mentioning some of the uh, classic cartoon specials. Um, and probably the biggest and most well-known is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, the Great Pumpkin was a follow-up to uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, which right. was the first Peanuts. Uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, was released in 1966 and was a huge hit. They, mm-hmm. they were concerned because they thought uh, Charlie Brown Christmas was going to do awful, and it got like all the... Sh- Remember, back then were three networks. Right. And it basically took all the shares. Oh, yeah. So this was the, the follow-up, and they were all biting their nails because apparently if this one bombed, that was it for Peanuts on television. Mm. And we know the history of that. But yeah. Charlie Brown, trick-or-treating, I got a rock. I got a rock. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. And uh, Linus in his steadfast belief in the great pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And he, regardless of being maligned by the other Peanuts characters and stuff, he... He hung in there. He hung in there. Now, Sally didn't agree with him, of course. She stood steadfast by his side and then felt Initially, cheated. Initially, yes. yeah, yeah, because she was in love with him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, until she realized it was a scam and a sham. And, <laughs> and then she, uh, she gave him a piece of her mind. I was robbed! I spent the whole night waiting for the great pumpkin! 
Out in the pumpkin patch. Poor, poor kids, I'll tell you. Just wait till next year, Charlie Brown. You'll see. Next year at this same time, I'll find a pumpkin patch that is real sincere. Now, there, there weren't a ton of Halloween specials. Uh, Christmas was still the big one. Right. Live action and animation. Of course, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is the granddaddy. Is the granddaddy. That's the best one, of course. But another favorite of mine came out in 77, which was the Fat Albert Halloween special. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's the Fat Albert Halloween special. Not so good. Not so good, huh? Not the worst thing, but it had something to do with a cranky old man who owned a retail store. Now, there were TV specials for Halloween, but there were also TV shows that had horror themes to them. Sure, or, yeah. Uh, Adam's Family, Munsters, two, to, two that came out pretty much at the same time. Well, there was always that debate, you know, which hmm. one, which one? Which you... one? Um, I have to go with Munsters, but mm. I have a personal affinity for the Adams family because, you know, right? Charles Adams Charles is from Adams. our hometown. Correct. Well, uh, who was sexier? Was it Morticia or, oh, or that, Lily? Right. Um, <laughs> I'd have to go with Morticia. <laughs> Got to go with Morticia. Oh yeah, a much sexier. She had the great uh, octopus dress. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not what I was thinking. Slither. Was was sexy part of her, but okay. <laughs> well, it was the whole the whole thing. The whole thing. Uh, other TV shows uh, were out there. True Blood is a new one. Yeah, more more contemporary. That actually, well, it's HBO cable. Mm -hmm. It started, I was hoping it would be more terrifying, um, but it kind of became a Twilight for adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had some great moments. Have you seen it? I have not. It kind of got worse as it went along. I stuck with it, though, and uh, I liked it. I mean, but it's one of those things that starts out really well and just... Yeah. On the other tack is American Horror Story, where they have different ones every season. <sighs> That is a strange mm -hmm. and kinky show. Yeah. And that's produced and directed by the guys who uh, did... Um, oh, Glee. 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 Glee doesn't. These are the same guys that created mm -hmm. Glee. Mm -hmm. But American Horror Story, complete opposite. Evil, yeah. violent, very sexual, mm -hmm. deviant, and uh, again, not consistently great, but that's all perception. Right. Uh, I just started binge watching Freak Show. Uh, very disturbing. As, very disturbing. As all yeah. Them. Yeah. And of course, uh, I saw the first episode of Hotel with Lady Gaga. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, Penny Dreadful is another one that you uh, had. Yeah, I think that's Showtime. That takes place in uh, Victorian England, mm -hmm. and they have uh, you know some of the characters like uh, Doctor Frankenstein. It, it's cool. It's a little hard to get into. But uh, I'm giving it a chance. Okay. The Strain is another one that's out that's fairly recent as well. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. It was, a, uh, it was a book written by him and another guy, and then it was made into a comic, mm -hmm. and now it's in its second season. That's a pretty good show. I heard it's getting better, though. I still have to finish binge-watching. Dead, the series. Great is out show. There. Great, Great show. show. And yeah, the people are actually scarier than the zombies. Zombies you can kind of deal with. You can herd them the way you want and shoot them in the head. But, uh, <laughs> For the, humans, shoot them in the brain. Humans are unpredictable. So Love that show. I mean, zombies, as long as it's done well, of course, now mm -hmm. everything's zombies. Right. Zombies out your ears. Yeah, kind of overdone on the genre at this point. But, but uh, uh, you know, we were talking about three networks. Uh, Stephen King's It and Salem's Lot were two. Um, miniseries that were on. Oh yeah, I yep. think they were on ABC. Not as scary, of course, because it was on a major network. Sure. So, but still good. 
Salem's Lot, that that the mm-hmm. the two things that terrify me in that it wasn't great, but the kid floating at his friend's window, tapping, you know, let me in. <laughs> yeah. And um uh Mr. Barlow, that guy, terrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't think he spoke at all, but how could you talk with those teeth? No, it's very giant, difficult. Really. But very Nosferatu. Right. Um and the the piercing eyes. And of course it with um Tim Curry. With Tim Curry. I, Georgie, am Pennywise, the dancing clown. You are Georgie. So now we know each other. Right. I I liked it until the end when it became the sci-fi thing with mm-hmm. the giant creature. Yeah. I, I thought a clown was scary enough. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I thought, leave it with the clown. Yeah. But, the, but that's not the story. But uh, they'll probably remake it, and who knows. Well, clowns are very scary uh, for a lot of people. People are afraid of clowns. Which leads us to the lightning round of horror. The lightning round of horror. Uh, moving into classic monsters, Dracula. Honestly, I know you love the Universal monsters. I do. I do none indeed. of those, none of those scared me. Dracula didn't scare me as much as Renfield did. Well, he ate spiders. Yeah, kind of. That kind of freaked me out a little oh, yeah. bit there. Yeah, he was a tr- Dracula in training. Uh, the Wolfman. That pro- that was more scary to more me. More scary. Than a, than that a sucker vampire. was fast. You yeah, can chase yeah. after. You can catch you. Unlike these slow-moving monsters, yeah. he was uh, kind of scary. Frankenstein's Agreed. monster. No, uh, not he, really scary. He no. had some of his humanity. Yeah. Um, except for when he killed the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- except for the murder. He didn't, um, he didn't like the flower. Yeah. Know. Well, he didn't understand. So, he, yeah, there was a lot of humanity well, there. Yeah, we it was like a, ch- a small child who right. doesn't know anymore. Right. And then, of course, the bride of Frankenstein. She was kind of hot. She was. <laughs> I like the hairdo. like the hairdo. She was electrifying. Okay. Oh, God. Oh. Yes, she was electrifying indeed. Uh, the mummy. Nah. Nah, not nah. really scary. Too slow again. Not Smelled really bad yeah. and ace bandages. Right. You, you know? Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Uh, Jekyll, hell of a gynecologist. Hell of a- <laughs> you know, uh, Mr. Hyde, not so great at parties. Not, not so great, yeah. Not, damn, very, not damn, very scary. Damn good poker player, though. Creature from the Black Lagoon. No. Not scary. I thought it was dumb. I'm th- I'm waiting for a remake on that one. That one really. Should well, they're be. they're working on. Yeah, one, I know they're actually. working on one. That would really kind of work on it. Uh, your favorite, of course, Michael Myers, who was in Halloween. Oh, terrifying! Because that that emotionless mask mm-hmm. and uh, what's his motivation? The only problem was when they remade it. When um, Rob Zombie remade it, mm-hmm. terrible. You don't go into the origin of the character because he's you. It's not scary anymore. Right, you're the explaining. Less, yeah, the less yeah. you know, the better. Correct. So the original Michael Myers, great remakes, no good. Right, and then of course I'm the other purist. the other Mad Dog Killer uh, is Jason Voorhees. Jason in the Friday the Thirteenth movies, not a huge fan. Not as much though, huh? Though when they paired him up with Freddy, yeah. You know, of course, that was bound to happen. They were supposed to throw Michael Myers into that the trilogy, mm-hmm. all three fighting mm-hmm. cage match, but. uh yeah, not, the original, not the original Friday Thirteenth, yes. terrific, it scares you and everything else. With Kevin right. Bacon and with eggs. Kevin Bacon and eggs in there, uh, Freddy <laughs> Freddy Krueger, a uh, little bit scared with the the glove, yeah. with the knives, just a scary yeah. kind of looking. And the guy. fact that you he came to you in your dreams, yeah. where you weren't safe, right? So you fight the sleep, right? Which I'm safe because uh, you know I never, you never I sleep. never sleep, right? Uh, then of course we have uh, Chucky, the little doll. That uh, no, you're not scared of a little doll. Uh, dolls can be terrifying, mm-hmm. like Trilogy of Terror. Sure. Oh, Remember yeah. that TV special oh, in yeah, the 70s? God, I'm not sleeping tonight. Karen Black. Just, yeah, Karen Black. The necklace falls off and the yeah. cur- it comes to life. Mm-hmm. That was terrifying. Chucky is more laughable. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, we threw King Kong and Godzilla in here. Just uh, King Kong, not a very scary character. I'd be but... much more afraid of Godzilla. I... He's got that 
death ray mm-hmm. breath. Yeah. He's got bad breath. He's got that, bad that, breath. That'll kill well, you. I'm sure King Kong uh, <clears throat> does as well. But uh, And then, of course, finally, to round everything out, letter Z, zombies. All-time favorite. All-time favorite. And scared of those uh, suckers as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we have to prepare for the uh, oncoming zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Are you prepared? Oh, yeah. I got it. Oh, please. I've got a shed full of instruments that can kill zombies. I'm so ready. <laughs> the, I'm so psyched for the zombie rake. apocalypse. I actually drive by places. I drive by houses and, and assess whether they are zombie-proof or not. <laughs> I honestly do. That's how crazy that, I am with this stuff. That might be a service you can provide. You know, that's... Zombie-proofing. <laughs> You know, yeah, I'll work with a local Neil realtor. Neil Edwards zombie proofing. <laughs> yeah, I'll pair up with a local realtor. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> make you make a min. I make make a million yeah. dollars on that one. Yeah, zombies scare me. Uh, the fast running zombies especially uh, scare me because I'm not making it out. You know, alive. the purists don't like those. I, I have no problem with I them. I don't like them. Twenty eight like days later, I think. Yeah. Well, they they called it um, the rage or something. Yeah, they was, really weren't zombies. They were infected. Yeah, infected people. Right. But uh, I like them all. Close the junk drawer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for being with us on our second podcast, the Halloween special. I had a great time. What about you, Neil? I had a great time. Um, But uh, there's never enough time. I mean, I always realize things I wanted to talk about afterwards. I know. And uh, I don't know. There's never enough time to talk about everything. Yeah, and if we, folks, about. if we left out your favorites, we're, we apologize. We're just riffing here. And boy, I, we, there's so much to talk about with scary stuff in Halloween. So, But regardless, we hope that you really enjoyed the show. We did. Yeah. And uh, Neil, why don't you take us out with some information? Sure. For I'm going to tell, tell you everybody a, a ghost story. <laughs> Here's a ghost Ooh. story. You can find us at thejunkdrawerpc.podbean.com. That is our host site. That's our host site. That's our ghost site. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. I am so sorry. No, you're not. You can email us at a very scary place called thejunkdrawerpc at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Face Ghost. Face, no, Face. Facebook. Facebook. Well, everyone, take care, keep your ears on, and keep listening. Bye. Boo! <laughs> Scared you.